0: It's time you step into the boat of making decisions, but here's how you know if they're going to be the right decisions or not. We got to take an inventory. We got to do an audit of our life, and here's what I mean by that. If if the people that you're around, the people that you're surrounding yourself with are the wrong people, if you're listening to the wrong voices, if you're living for the wrong values, what seems right will absolutely lead to something incredibly wrong. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of Kingdom Entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation salvation and hope. Now these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code KING15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and today we are continuing along the lines of the plagues of attitude. We've discussed a number of different topics, but today we're going to go into probably the biggest thief of opportunity, which is indecision indecision. That's what we're going to go through. And as you guys know, we're not just talking about the plague itself, but we're going to be diving into the antidotes to counteract, to cancel this plague of indecision that we face in this thing we call life. And as I mentioned, in my opinion, indecision is one of the greatest thieves of opportunity. It's the greatest thief of time and probably even what we consider as like happiness in life. So let's dive into like indecision or really what it means to be indecisive cuz to be indecisive it usually means that I mean, we have a difficult time making up our mind. Essentially there's never a solution that's ever reached. And now last week if you remember we talked about indifference and I want to make sure that we know the difference between indifference and indecision. So indifference indifference would be like when When my wife asks me what I want to eat and I truly, truly don't care, that would be indifference. But indecision would be when I ask her what she wants to eat and she actually knows, but she doesn't make the decision to tell me what she wants until I make the decision and it's the wrong one, right? Now, okay, I'm not going to go down that path, but you guys know what I'm saying here. There's a difference between having a careless attitude where we're just indifferent, we're lukewarm, there's no, there's no desire, there's no passion, there's nothing that breaks our heart versus somebody that just does not make decisions. Indecision. The reason why we don't typically make decisions is because oftentimes we're concerned that the decision may result in an unpleasant consequence. Now, there's times when remaining indecisive could be wise, Right? For example, if, if we lack all of the information to make a wise decision, perfect, let's not make a decision until we have all the information to make the proper decision. But for the most part, indecision truly shows a lack of willingness to commit to principles, to absolute principles, and to speak up for those principles. So in, in that sense, indecision, in my opinion, could be a form of weakness, that we have John 12:43 says, "For they loved human praise more than praise from God." And so our decisions need to be rooted in, in our alignment with God, number one, because first off, if we're making a decision based upon we want human praise versus praise from God, that's not in alignment with God. If we decide to just not make a decision, indecision, in all reality, it's a decision you're choosing not to make a decision. But we as believers, we have to pick a side. We have to pick a path to follow. Several places in scripture show the consequences of indecision. I'm gonna, I'll just give you a, a few examples here. Lot's wife, right? She perished because of her inability to decide between Sodom and the and obedience to God. Joshua, He reminded the people of Israel of the necessity of choosing sides concerning their worship, right? He clearly stated his decision on that. He said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land that you are living. But as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord, the prophet Elijah. He confronted Ahab and the prophets of Baal or Baal, however you're going to pronounce that. And he addressed the the fence-sitting, indecisive Israelites. It says, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing, bam, indecision. Jesus warned us so many times that we cannot serve two masters. I know we've talked about this in the past. You cannot serve both God and money. So how do you know who you're serving in that situation? And it's pretty simple. Look at the source of what, or for that matter, who is dictating your decisions. What's the ultimate deciding factor in the decision that you're making, whether you're choosing to make a decision or you're not. And one thing that I've noticed throughout the Bible and just reading scripture, is that the Bible doesn't condone wishy-washiness. When we pray, we're supposed to pray for wisdom. When we do that, we're to believe that God hears and will answer us. When we ask, uh, certainly when, when we ask like in harmony with God's will, but we have to ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts, we've heard this is like the, the wave of the seas, they're driven, they're tossed by the wind. At the core of that, if we look at that, faithless prayer, hear me when I say this, faithless prayer is a form of spiritual indecisiveness. It's indecision. Like we're not fully convicted. We're not fully committed to a decision one way or the other. And in just practical terms, some of you may be, may be in a moment where you're, you're trying to make a decision. But the weight of that decision, and guys, this could be a decision for anything in life. We're faced with so many decisions on a daily basis. And some of you may just have this weight of the decision that's overwhelming. It's heavy. And you just don't know what to do. And it it wells up this anxiety within us. I mean, One of the biggest forms of anxiety is called, it's literally called decision-making anxiety. And decision-making, it can feel complicated at times. There's so many decisions that, that we have to make. Like, should I, should I go to school? Should I not? Should I change jobs? Should I start this business? Should I get married? What if this happens? What if that happens? There's so many what ifs in life that it's just this path of, of uh, some of these other plagues that we've talked about of worry and anxiety and doubt, but it comes down to making a decision in the moment. Because in, in reality, the decision itself isn't what causes anxiety, It's the fear of making the wrong decision, the what if, right? What happens if you, we'll use that job scenario, for example, what happens if you commit to a particular job and suddenly a better one comes up? So you're just going to be miserable and you're going to be full of regret, right? So because of that, we just avoid making that decision. We choose not to decide because we don't know if it's a good decision or a bad decision. How many of us done this? Right. Listening to this right now, this be honest with yourselves. How many of us have done that where we don't make a decision because we're not sure? We have maybe that that fear of making the wrong decision. And maybe some of you are doing that right now. But I'm here to tell you this, guys. There is a cost of delaying decisions, specifically important decisions. A plane that's stuck in a holding pattern. Anybody's experienced this when you're you're flying, you're you're over your airport there's a runway beneath you, but you're stuck in a holding pattern over this runway, eventually, you're gonna run out of gas. In that job scenario that we mentioned, eventually, you're gonna need money. At some point, you're gonna have to land the plane. You can't just continue to fly around and round and round because first off, you're not gonna get anywhere. And eventually, you're gonna come up to a point where a decision has to be made. You gotta land the plane. And one of the things that sometimes it holds us back from landing the plane is, is the feeling of, of maybe loss that can come with making that big decision. In in the business world, we oftentimes call this the opportunity cost, which is the loss of, of alternatives when one thing is actually chosen. We have to make a decision so we're not gonna get to follow the other decision. We're not gonna go down that path. So the cost of what we may be missed out on by deciding to do something else. For example, the opportunity cost of moving to Texas, for example, is that we didn't get to live in Florida. The opportunity cost of marrying Frank is really that the cost is that you didn't get to spend your life with Billy. So in both cases, there's what we would consider or what we would be perceived as the loss of the alternative. But here's the deal, guys. Eliminating options, it, it can be painful at times because we don't know. There's always these what-ifs, these what-ifs. But the words, actually, you guys know that I like these root words. The words decide and incise, right? So the, the root words that indecision is made, is come from is actually originated from a Latin word uh, cadere, cadere, which actually means to cut, to cut, C U T. So making decisions actually cuts off other possibilities. So it can hurt. It can absolutely, that's a reality of life. But here's the beautiful thing, guys it can also open doors of unbelievable, amazing opportunities. And emotionally, this is an incredible habit to start to exercise in your life. If you can remove choices, remove them from your life. You're going to be able to remove a lot of anxiety that we experience over the course of a day. And here's why, guys. Making decisions is emotionally taxing. It's actually called decision fatigue. It's a new, it's a psychology term that describes the the condition that our brains actually go through. They become overloaded with too many decisions, complex decision-making. The analysis paralysis that we go through, our minds actually become tired. I know some of you have experienced this before. The average adults, actually, on a daily basis, we have to make over 35,000 dec- decisions every single day. The average adult makes over 35,000 decisions every day. So it's not hard to, like, all of a sudden feel this, this anxiety, this mental fatigue, this exhaustion, the paralysis of analysis especially in the world that we live in today. There's so much information coming at us, especially if you're on social media. We have to make decisions. This is why I've I've put so many things in place in my life that, and I would encourage a lot of you to as well, like the little things. If you can delegate some of those little decision-making things, even if it's like, what are you going to have for lunch? You're in the midst of your day. The last thing you need to make a decision about is what are you going to have for lunch? Like, figure that out. Plan ahead. Set one day a week, two days a week to meal prep. So you don't even have to think about it. It's just something that you do. I mean, that's, I know, a minor thing, but if you can delegate some of those minor decisions to other people, it's going to allow you to operate in excellence for a longer period of time versus having to make all these little minuscule decisions over time. All right, my little uh, suggestion for you when it comes to actually making decisions. Over time, if we can delegate those decisions, those smaller decisions, the feeling of really just the relief of making decisions over time. Obviously, that's it's a it's a great feeling. But if we can get in the habit of just making decisions, it's gonna relieve a lot of tension, a lot of pressure in our life. We're not thinking about the what-if scenarios. But the point is, it's not just to make a decision. The point would be to make the right decision. That's where the anxiety comes up or it, it wells up within us. It's like, I don't know if I'm making the right decision here. After all, Proverbs 14, 12, it actually tells us that there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. So that's – when I first read that, I'm like, okay, that's not really encouraging to me at all because if it appears to be right, if it seems that it's right, but in the end, it leads to death, how in the world do I know if it's right? How do I know if, if what it's, it's an actual right decision? And here's, here's what it is, guys. This is part of the, the antidote here. That we're going to be discussing of indecision. First off, we got to get in the habit of making decisions. Entrepreneurs are undertakers. You are everybody listening to this. You're an undertaker. It's time you step into the boat of making decisions. But here's how you know if they're going to be the right decisions or not. We got to take an inventory. We got to do an audit of our life. And here's what I mean by that. If, if the people that you're around the people that you're surrounding yourself with are the wrong people if you're listening to the wrong voices if you're living for the wrong values what seems right will absolutely lead to something incredibly wrong incredibly wrong look at your past think of a time when maybe then when this happened in your past or maybe you're even in it right now. I can think of numerous times in my past in which the decision that I was making in that moment, it seemed right. It it felt like it was the right decision in that time because it was based on who I was spending my time with, who I was in business with, who I thought had my best interest at heart. So let me ask you, who are you spending your time with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you taking counsel from or advice from? What are their values? Do they value what you value? And as I was preparing for this, I thought of the Book of Acts. And there's there's a, in Acts 15 there's a letter. It was the Council's letter to the Gentile believers. Acts 15:22, and it says, "Then the apostles and the elders, with the whole church, decided to choose." choose, okay, they made a decision, some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. So they chose Judas and Silas and men who were leaders among the believers. So as I was reading through this, I thought, okay, so they made a decision, and how do I then decide to make a decision, these weighty decisions that seem right to us? And it's, it's pretty simple, guys. First off, are we in alignment with God? Number one, uh, do we have a relationship with God? If it's in the Bible, the I mean, literally, what the King's Council is based off of, of like the playbook of life, which is the Bible. Like if I can find proof of it and evidence in the Bible, I know I'm in alignment with the right decision. If we're still not quite sure and we feel like we need some outside counsel, which is absolutely biblical. Scripture tells us over and over and over Over again about the importance of wise counsel from others, from apostles, right? Like in the book of Acts, it tells us from apostles, from elders in the whole church. First off, let's go to the church. I want to talk about this a second because most of the people, our our Western version, our mindset of church, I want to make sure we're clear on this because we don't go to church. The church is not a building, the church is a people. It's not a building that you, you go to. It's an identity in which you embrace. You don't go to church. We are the church. The church isn't a Sunday hour and a half meeting that you go to on the weekend. Or maybe you have Saturday night service, right? That's not what church is. It's not a place that you go. It's who we are. The King's Council. Now, I would tell you that we are not what you would call a church, but we are the church, right? Our Western viewpoint of the church is not biblical. I've heard this so many times with people that are like, they're looking for the right church, the right building that they want to go to. And they're like, well, I'm just looking for a church that, that meets all my needs. I just haven't found one that meets my needs. That is absolutely unbiblical. And I would, I would, boldly say, selfish in a ridiculous way of thinking. Because the church is not a place that meets your needs. We are the church. And as the church, we are called to meet the needs of the world. I'm going to say that again. We are the church. And our job is to meet the needs of the world. It ain't the other way around. The church is a family. It's a body as a body, we are incomplete without other portions of the body. In the King's House, we call it the family of choice. That's the church right there. That's the fa- it's a family of people. So when we hurt, we pray for each other. When there's a need, if there's a financial need, I'm going to be right there. We meet the needs of others. That's what the church is. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox on this one, guys. But back to making decisions. First off, if there's any sort of of worry or anxiety and any sort of decision that we have coming up, I will tell you this if it's big enough to worry about, it's absolutely big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Anxiety or that worry that we feel with inside of us is all that is is a signal. It should be a signal, a warning sign to you, alerting you to pray. James 1 5 tells us that that if any of us lacks wisdom, it's pretty simple. If any of us lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given. So how do we make a decision? First off, with a a, a posture of prayer. It just told us that if we lack wisdom, I got to make a decision. I need wisdom in this. So ask God. I mean, we're coming to him with a posture of prayer, with a feeling of just praise, a perspective of praise. Right? Seek God and then do what seems right. Seek God and do what seems right. So if you're in the King's Council or if you've even been following us for a period of time, you know that we, we, we talk a lot about core values, right? And we've developed these contract. We have this contract language that you maybe heard. And your core values are ultimately, they're going to be your driving force, In your decision-making process. That's the point of understanding these core values and why why we have core values. So every decision that we make, every decision that we make, should be easily a quick decision on, is this in line with my core values? Part of the values that we have as the Meek family is we are a family of, we are an intentional family of honor, of integrity. We operate in excellence. We take on life with, with a positive mindset. We lead others, and we always have that spirit of generosity. Every decision that we make is either in line with our core values or it's not. And through that, then we develop our contract, that language, the declarations that we make that help us to really ingrain that contract within us to be able to make those decisions in times of uncertainty. If our core values and our contract are, are ingrained within us. It should only take us a second or two to quickly realize and to be able to make a confident decision based upon the declarations, the decisions of who we have already declared we are. Here's the beautiful thing about life, guys. The good, good God that we serve and the good, good God that we serve, no matter what decision that we make, even if it's the wrong decision, if we are operating with, within the GPS, okay, and this isn't the global positioning system that you're thinking of when you hear GPS. We've got these things on our phones now. It's easy, right? We, gotta, we know we, we have a destination that we're going. We punch in the address and it gives us turn by turn directions. It tells us how to make a decision as we're driving the vehicle. But I'm not talking about a global positioning system. I'm talking about a God positioning system. Even if we make a wrong decision, if we are operating within God's positioning system, here's the thing, guys. He's always going to recalculate. Even if we make a wrong turn, a wrong decision, if we are in line with God, he's always going to recalculate. But make sure you hear me on this. If you're not plugged in or if the battery has ran out and you're not in line with God's positioning system, the GPS here, you could find yourself down a road, a dead end road where there's no place to go. If you took a wrong turn, you don't know where to go. You don't know how to get back to the path, the direction, the vision that you once had for your life. And it's okay. Some of us have taken the scenic route. I took a scenic route for a period of time. And again, our good, good God, he makes good things even out of those wrong turns, those wrong decisions that we've made. So have confidence in that. Have confidence in the decision that you're making. The ability to make that what-if decision should be number one, is this in alignment with the vision that I have, the mission that I'm on, and the purpose that I am driven by then our decisions should be able to be made in a confidence so boldly that even if it's the wrong decision, at least we found out quicker by making that wrong decision than living in a world of indecision. Know that your God, your GPS is going to recalculate if you are plugged into him, if you've charged the battery on that GPS. You're in alignment with him. You've surrounded yourself with other people that are in alignment. The counsel that you're getting is sound biblical counsel. At the end of the day, guys, we're all writing a story here. This is your story. This is your life. And your best stories oftentimes are born out of your struggles when you encounter the power of God. So even if you're in that midst, that struggle right now, know that this is a moment for your best story to be written through the encounter of the power of God. And if you're wandering aimlessly right now, there's like no GPS in your life. Or maybe there once was, but it's died. It's no longer plugged in. But you need help in this decision-making process. I'm going to encourage you just to get plugged back in. Or maybe plug yourself in for the very first time. Because going through this life on your own is a struggle. Heck, going through this life with counsel, with wisdom, can be a struggle. But I'll tell you this. There's nothing better than the peace of God that transcends all understanding. There's nothing more exciting than having that deep within inside of you, knowing that the decisions that you make, even if it might be, we're like, man, both of these seem in line. I'm just not quite sure what decision I should make to be able to confidently make that decision, knowing that my God, my global, my God positioning system is going to recalculate me to get to that final destination in life. If that's something you want, but you don't have, or you're desiring for that, then I'm just going to ask you, if now would be the time where you want to, to receive that, to receive Jesus Christ as your savior, then I would just ask you to just simply pull over if you're driving right now and pray this prayer with me. Father, today, Lord, we just we come to you, God. We come to you, Lord, and we just we cast all of our cares upon you, God. We cast all of our anxiety upon you. Lord, and as, as we, we pray this prayer, Lord, we just desire you to be the, the God-positioning system in our life. Thank you, Jesus, for, for coming to earth, for dying on the cross, for bearing the burden of our sins. And Jesus, I, I accept you into my life as my my Lord and my Savior. And I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I look to you and all of the decisions that I want to make, the decisions that I need to make in this life, Lord, may they be rooted within you, God, within your truth. As I give my life, I wholeheartedly give my life to you, Lord, I lay it down at your feet, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And if any of you've prayed that prayer, first off, congratulations. Maybe you've prayed that for the first time or maybe for the 12th time. Heck, I don't know where you're at. But you're looking for community. You're looking for tribe. You're looking for the right people to be around. I'm just going to encourage you to text me. This is coming directly to me. It's 727-472-3860. And if you prayed that prayer specifically and you're looking for that new sense of life, first off, you've just received it. Now it's time to walk this thing out together. So just text the word next steps, N-E-X-T-S-T-E-P-S. Next steps to 727-472-3860. 727-472-3860. And if that was you, I'm gonna encourage you to get plugged in here. One of us is gonna be reaching out to you. We're gonna get you a, a book called Following Jesus. Uh, and I, we encourage you to read through that, but don't hesitate to reach on out. It's so important to go through this life together. We can't do this thing alone. Philippians 4, 6 tells us to not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving to present our request to God. And if you're now new to the family of Christ, like you got a direct line, you got access to God in this. You have a new positioning system, a God positioning system that can guide you, direct you into the confident decision-making practice Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit Kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at King's Council Coaching. We'll see you next time.